And welcome to the Friday Night Spirit of Prophecy Church Bible Study. Tonight we're going to be reading in the book of Isaiah. We're going to start at Isaiah chapter 1, verse 1. So if you want to grab your Bible, that would be great, and we'll get started. And I'm excited about this. I have to tell you, I was uh, I was wanting to switch to something more in the Old Testament, maybe even something in prophecy. And so I started kind of chumming around a little bit. And then it was like the Lord spoke to my heart and said, you want to do it or do you want me to do it? No, 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 no. I want you, I want you to do it. So I went in and did it right, got on my knees. Lord, what do you want to say? And immediately it came to me, Isaiah. That had already been in my heart, but it just was a reconfirmation. So we're going to read in Isaiah tonight. And I sad to say, I think a lot of it, is applying to our world in general and into America in specific. So, as we always do before we get started reading the Bible, because the Bible is uh, an eternal word, and you can't just learn it from ink on paper. You've got to learn it by the Holy Spirit. And so we'll pray, and that way God will show us how to understand his word. So, Lord, tonight we say, great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name, for thou only art holy? For all nations shall come and worship before thee when thy judgments are made manifest. From one new moon to another, from one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come to worship before thee when thy judgments are made manifest. We know that, Lord, one of these days, you will split the clouds with the armies in heaven, the two angels with sickles, and us in tow. Us that came from the marriage supper of the Lamb to watch you use the morning star to cleanse the earth in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump using the morning star. And Lord, we say worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb to take the book and to open the seals thereof. Because you were slain as redeemed us to God by thy blood, out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation, and has made us under our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. And Lord, we know that wisdom and might are yours. You change the times and seasons. You removeth kings and setteth up kings. You giveth wisdom to the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. You revealeth the deep and secret things. You knoweth what is in the darkness, and the light dwelleth with you. And Lord, we ask that you would be, the, be with us in the Bible study tonight. Show us the deep and secret things. Help us to understand your word, what it meant then, now, and also into the future. In Jesus' name, amen. My dog decided it wanted to come into the Bible study, so... Uh, I guess we're trying to get her out now. Well, all right, I'm fine. I, we, we'll try to leave her in here, but if she starts barking or something, we'll have to get her out. Okay. Misty. Misty, over here, sit down. Stay. Got a Belgian Malois. I would tilt the camera down so you can see her, but... Well, here. Come here, Misty. Come here. Come here. Come on. Okay, you're not going to jump on my lap any other time you would. Well, so, 
such as real life. If I was recording, then I could stop the edit and, you know, take all of that out. But since we're live, we will just keep going. All right. So anyway, it is important that we ask the Lord to be with us and show us and help us to understand or we won't understand. All right. So we will get started with clicking here. I'm going to share my screen of the Bible right there. And we're going to put it like this. And we will go. Okay, so the vision of Isaiah, the son of Amoz, which he did see concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Isaiah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Now, I can tell you right up front. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've read Isaiah, lots. But every time we read it, we get to understand it deeper. And I just read through, I don't know, the first six or eight chapters just to kind of refresh what we got going. And I really think a lot of this is speaking to us today, especially here in America. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth. For the Lord hath spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. Yes, it's talking to Israel. It's talking to Israel specifically, but indirectly it's talking to America, as I believe that America is the other nation that God raised up to carry his word to the world. And we have fallen down on our job. We have fallen. Babylon, the great, has fallen, has fallen. And has become the habitation of devils, the hold of every foul spirit, and the cage of every unclean and hateful bird. So, yes, it's talking to Israel. But tonight, a lot of this is talking to our nation. When he says, hear, O heavens, and give ear uh, and of the earth, that's prophesying. I remember when he showed me the vision of in Israel and I jumped upon this big block of concrete, which is what they put the big pump jacks on as a foundation. And I pointed down into the ground and I said, there's oil coming out of there. And immediately the earth began to shake really, really deep. I could feel it and I could hear it, but it was, it was not like a big shaking back and forth like this. Okay. It was just a, a deep, deep, low rumble. And about that time, oil shot up at about 8 to 12 uh, previously drilled dry holes. All of a sudden, now the oil had flowed into the congregation or into the, 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 into the foundation. And that's what the Lord is doing here. He's prophesying to the heavens. He's prophesying to the earth. And he says, I've nourished up and brought up children. In other words, children of, of Abraham. And they rebelled against me. The ox knoweth his owner and the ath his master's crib, but Israel does not know my people does not consider. Same thing is true with America. God started America. He pulled America out of the other nations of Egypt, Egypt, from uh, Europe and from around the world, really. He brought Christians here to form a nation that was not a nation, Isaiah chapter 7, and he gave us a heart and he has blessed us. He's blessed us far more than any other nation in the world. I think everybody will agree that right now, still, for a few more days anyway, America is still the greatest nation on earth. And I think that we have embarrassed Jesus because we have turned away from him, just like Israel. But here's the thing. America doesn't have an everlasting covenant with God. Doesn't. Whereas Israel does. There's another scripture that says that as long as there is a sun and a moon and the stars, there will be an Israel. Um, there's always going to be an Israel. There's not always going to be an America. 
we don't have an everlasting covenant. So the ox knows his owner, his ass is master's crib, but America, but Israel, America, doesn't know. My people doth not, doth not consider. America's forgotten the law of their God. Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity. Now, what's the difference between iniquity and sin? My understanding is this. We can do one sin, and that's a sin. But when it becomes a habit, that's what you call iniquity. In other words, someone that smokes an occasional cigarette is making a big mistake. But someone that is a pack-a-day smoker, that's iniquity, okay? <laughs> They're hooked. My people are laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers. In other words, they're not just evildoers. that put forth evil to other nations. And that's the reason God destroys America, because we've corrupted the other nations. We're supposed to be the nation that takes the gospel to the world, and we were for many years. But now we're the nation, we make the movies, we send them abroad, we make the filthy music, the porno magazines, porn in the, on the internet. And we are the nation, the Pied Piper, that's leading the other nations away from God. So that's why God destroys us. I've had some people email me and say, no, 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 it's because of abortion. Well, abortion's certainly bad, no question. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says it because we... Let me see if I can quote it here. Let's see. Um, Babylon has fallen, has fallen, has become the habitation of devils, the hold of every foul spirit, and the cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all nations, here it is, for all nations have drunk under the wine of the wrath of God that has poured out with that mixture into the cup of his, her indignation. In other words, because we led the nations away from God, God destroys us. A seed of evildoers, children they are, are corruptors. That's what we are. We take filth around the world with our movies, our music, our porn. We're a corrupter of the world. Children are corruptors. They've forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel to anger. Well, I think we've embarrassed him. Not only is he angry, I think he's embarrassed because right now the devil's saying, oh, you started that country? And look how they turned against you. They don't love you have forsaken the Lord, they have provoked the Holy One of Israel to anger, and they are gone away, backward. In other words, we call it backsliding. They've fallen away. Yes, it's speaking of Israel, but it's speaking to America too. Why should you be stricken anymore? You will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick, and the whole heart faint. Okay, look at our White House. Uh, right now we have even the Speaker of the House, this new Mike Johnson, that says he thinks it was perhaps a very, very big, big mistake to remove this big senator that was caught stealing some money from his own um, campaign, I guess is the way they put it. And some people are saying, I think it's a very, very bad precedent. I, I told Leslie tonight, sitting in the living room, I said, I don't think it's a bad precedent. I think whether Democrat or Republican, but if they're Republican, even more so, if they're doing something wrong, they ought to know that you're going to get the, 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 the can tied to you. You need to hit the road. And I think that all of them, it needs to be an example to everybody in the Congress, both senator as well as House of Representatives, as well as federal, state, and as local. If you're doing wrong things, you're going to lose your job. There needs to be consequences. Just like my dog, if I tell her to sit and she doesn't sit, there's consequences. If I tell her down, that means all fours on down, and she doesn't do that, there's consequences. In life, if we don't do as we're told, 
there's consequences, especially before the Lord. That is, unless you're part of the evil ones. Then they get by with it, just like right now. <laughs> they, I understand that they're supposed to be starting the uh, uh, the, the inquiry, presidential inquiry, election inquiry, I forget the exact words, next week for Biden. In other words, this is supposed to be the official start of his impeachment, if they make it all the way through it. And if you're evil in America right now, you can pretty much do anything you want to do. But if you try to be a good guy, like Trump is trying to be a good guy, they attack you unmercilessly. Okay, let's go on. Why should be stricken anymore? You will revolt, revolt more and more for the whole head is sick. That's true in America. The whole head is sick and the whole heart faint. From the sole of the foot, even to the head, there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. So America is in that place right now. We can't seem to fix ourselves. We're a filthy nation. Our children have forgotten the law of the Lord. Our government is, I mean, what, what Mike Johnson should do is come, we got to get that big hammer bang on the, on, the, on the table, call it to order and say, okay, wait a minute. Right now, right here, we're going to accept Jesus. And he needs to, if he can't do it, have somebody in and give people an altar call and explain Jesus and then have people that will receive him stand up. And he'd say, from here on out, we're not going conservatives. We're not calling people conservatives. We're not avoiding the word Jesus. We're not avoiding the word Christian from here on out. From here on out, we're going to do our best. Everyone that's not a Christian is going to be called out. And of course, you can imagine what's going to happen. I mean, it would be... Uh, not a nice day, but it just shows you where our nation is. Our nation at the top is filthy. Okay, let's go on to the next one. Your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. No, 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 a little, a little bit, but it's it's coming a whole lot more. Your land, strangers devour it in your presence. Isn't that what's happening with the southern border? According to Chris Reed, the angel that spoke to him says that six million people have illegally smuggled themselves into our nation. And the Bible says, well, here, I'll just look it up for you. Let's look, let me make a note here. Where are we? Let's see where it, uh, one, seven, I'll show you. Since we're doing a Bible study, I can do this real quick. Okay. We want to look for a caterpillar. Huh. It's in Jeremiah. Did I skip it? Hang on. I got it. On my end, it's flashing, so it makes it hard for me to see on my end. Here we go. The Lord hosts has sworn by himself, saying, Surely I will fill with men, fill thee with men as with caterpillars, and they shall lift up a shout against thee. Right now, we have people in our streets saying Israel is the bad guy and Hamas is a good guy, even though they raped, they killed, and they beheaded. And that's good. And no, that's not good. Okay, let's go back. Your country is desolate. Cities burned with fire. It started. It's going to get worse. Your land, strangers devour it in your presence. Six million people come across our border, just our southern border, illegally. 
and it is desolate. Not totally, but it's heading that way. It's overthrown by strangers. All this sound familiar? does to me. And the daughter of Zion is left as a cottage in the vineyard. Now, that word cottage means a, like swinging in the wind like a hammock. So it's, it's a description of a nation that has been torn down and destroyed. Burning, say, burning fire with their hands. The daughter of Zion left a cabbage in a vineyard as a lodge in a garden of cucumbers, as a besieged city, except the Lord of hosts has left uh, unto us a very small remnant. We should have been a Sodom and we should have been like unto Gomorrah. In other words, in this case, God allowed some of them to live. There's been many occasions through these, well, I don't know what, 4,000 years since Abraham was chosen to be the father of, of, the, of the nation of Israel. God could have destroyed the entire nation many, many times, but he didn't. Why? Because they have an everlasting covenant. America doesn't have an everlasting covenant. America is going to be destroyed. I can take and show you that too, but that'll get us all subject. Let's keep going. Hear the word of the Lord, verse, verse 10. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Give ear unto the law of your God. You got me people of Gomorrah. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me, saith the Lord? I'm full of burnt offerings, of rams, fat of fed beasts, and I delight not in the blood of bullocks or of lambs, or of he-goats. Okay, so what's going on? Israel is sinning like terribly against God, but they're still doing the sacrifices. They're still sacrificing rams and lambs and bullocks and things like that. Well, if we sacrifice them, we can live like we want to do. It's just like a Christian that asks God to forgive him every day, but keeps on sinning. And after a while, God says, I'm not listening to all of that anymore. Because obedience is better than sacrifice, remember? Obedience is better than sacrifice. So if we say we're a Christian, we need to walk it and talk it and look like it and act like it. Doesn't mean we're all perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. But our goal should be to be perfect. Verse 12, when you come to appear before me, who hath required this as your hand or to tread my courts, bring no more vain obligations, Oblations. In other words, don't bring me sacrifices when you're sinning like that. Same thing with a Christian. Don't continually ask me forgive you when you just keep doing the same thing. There's a point in there the Bible says that it'll turn you over to a reprobate mind. Incense is an abomination. Let me try it again. Incense is an abomination unto me. The new moons and Sabbath, the calling of assemblies, I cannot away with. I'm not, I'm not going to listen to you. You're not walking with me. You're not following my laws. I, it's not working. It is iniquity, even the solemn assembly. Your new moons, your appointed feasts, my soul hates them. They are trouble unto me. I'm weary to bear them. And when you spread forth your hands, I will hide mine eyes from you. Yea, when you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. What about in America? They're saying that our crime rates are going through, our murder rates. Uh, rapes, and of course, all of the abortions, all of that is innocent blood spilled on our nation. Matter of fact, uh, let me let me clarify my position on that. I believe that when the sperm meets the ovum, that's when the light of life is given. That's when life starts. Now, what happens to it after that if it doesn't make it all the way to the world? However, that's after that. That's Jesus. He has a way. He knows exactly what he's doing. 
But as far as when does life start, a lot of people say, yeah, well, you know, you, you can have an abortion up to three months. Some of them, you can have an abortion up to, to six months. Some say, well, you can have an abortion even after the baby's out of the body. Uh, well, uh, once the sperm meets the ovum, it is alive. Even if it doesn't make it all, it is alive. Now, how that all works, that's up to Jesus. He is the great righteous judge, and he will judge accurately. Okay, so verse 16 says, Wash you, make you clean. Put away the evil of your doings before mine eyes and cease to do evil. That's America right now. That's a message we need to be listening to. Learn to do well, America. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Now, that doesn't mean be mean to them. That doesn't mean point out what they're doing wrong. That means see where they are hurting and do our best to help them. Judge the fatherless. Plead for the widow. In other words, they're saying, I mean, like I, I've, I've told you several times when I went to Honduras, it, it broke my heart. I, 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 I keep walking around. Um, I can't even talk about it. It broke my heart to see some of the Christians, some of the pastors, some of the churches, the way they live. And we Americans, oh, well, that's too long. It's too far. The music's too loud. And I, I just want to, I want to take them down. I want to show them how those people love the Lord, how they read their Bible, how they, they didn't have any big fancy words up there, but boy, every one of those women in that room, there was, I think, 97 women, they were singing at the top of their voice. They were praising the Lord. They were raising the, I mean, it, it put us to shame. They're good Christians down there. I mean, Christians that really love the Lord. And, Bob, you they, they, they made it. A lot of those people had to walk. A lot of them had to walk several miles to get to church. And it's not, just walking down there is so hot. It's always hot. It's always hot, 100% humidity. You're always, always, always sweating. So to walk a mile down there is like, like walking 10 miles here. It's just unbelievable misery. And yet they walk. A few ride bikes. Um, I saw very few motorcycles. And the cars, <laughs> let me tell you about the cars. I didn't see one new car lot. I didn't see one used car lot. Where do they buy their cars? They buy their cars mostly from America. They get online. And when we have an accident and the insurance company totals the car, well, then the insurance company puts that up on the Internet and you can buy that car. And you buy it for, I guess, however that works. And then they get there's whole organizations that take those total out cars and make them roll. <laughs> I didn't say they make them run right, but they make them roll. And you see cars down there that are, you can tell it's, it's a U.S. car. It was in an accident. No, they're not nice, but it, it moves them from point A to point B. And those Christians, they don't have the excuses we do. And so, I don't know, it took a lot of my excuses away. Uh, I used to think, oh, me, oh, my, you know, we don't have a very nice church. We have a really nice church. How do I know it has a really nice church? Because we have four walls. Don't churches have four walls? No, I saw several churches down there that had one wall or maybe two walls. I saw some churches that uh, there was uh, a couple of feet between the roof 
and the wall because they didn't feed the, finish the construction. I was in one church. It had two walls. The other two walls hadn't been built yet. And it looked like it would probably been at least five years since I've been working on the church. Um, of the seven churches I was in, only two. Let me think about this. No. Okay, I, I will say it this way. Uh, only two had air conditioning. And I don't care what time it is, whether it's in the morning, <laughs> you're always sweating. Uh, you take a shower four times a day down there. Take a shower in the morning, take a shower when you go back and lunch, take a shower before your nap in the afternoon, come in before you go to bed, take another shower. And you don't dare drink the water. It's bad water. And so I don't, we, we Americans don't understand. Again, the underground Christians broke my heart and it's set in my heart, I'm going to help them. Uh, someplace between now and the oil in Israel, I'm going to help them. I'm going to help them build those churches. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'll start crying. I, I just, I, I can't even talk about it. That's... Let's go on. I'll back up verse. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead for the widow. In other words, take care of those people that are hurting. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be white as wool. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword, with the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. How is the faithful city become a harlot? That's America. I'll tell you how it became a harlot. First of all, it started off good. As I've said several times, my mom said that every summer when she was a child, all of the children would go to the public school. They would all have Kool-Aid and cookies or something, and they all accepted the Lord for a two-week period during vacation Bible school. 100% of her school was Christians. There was a time when almost all of the people in America were all Christians. But I remember I was standing out in the hall, and I heard one teacher say to the other teacher, when I was in the fourth grade, oh, 1963, oh, they... Now we can't pray in school anymore because the Supreme Court said we can't pray. Where are the, the, the Christian parents that fought against that? They should have, I don't know, stopped it. They should have passed legislation to say, oh, no, you're not taking our prayer away. It all started there. You can look at all of the charts. America's fall began in 1963 when our Supreme Court said we can't have prayer in schools anymore. So in my opinion, I think the first thing America needs to do if she were to repent, and she won't, would be to put prayer and reading of the King James Bible, not the other perversions, King James Bible back in the school, in the businesses, and every place they possibly can. Yeah, but isn't it a choice? Yeah, it's a choice. You 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 could choose, but right now, while you're going to our look, in Muslim countries, they make them memorize the Quran. They make them. Okay, why can't we do that? In Muslim countries, you must be a Muslim or they kill you. <laughs> I don't think we should go to that extent, but I think we, we, we have failed as a nation to recruit people for Jesus. And that's the reason we're failing. Okay, let's go on. <sighs> if you, verse 19, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Okay, well, how about that? Hmm. Well, they're putting all kinds of hormones into our foods these days. 
so many people are really, really fat and overweight. And I do not think that it's because most of them are overeating. I do not think that it's the goodness of America. I think it is from, um, maybe I shouldn't say the name of the company. Um, first three letters are M-O-N, I'll say that way. They put hormones into the beef, the cattle, and even, even salmon that's farm-raised. I mean, our food is not wholesome. In America these days, if you want your wheat or your corn or whatever to, to grow, you got to put down all kinds of fertilizer. You got to put down all kinds of bug killer and things like that. So our nation, we're, we're in so much trouble, we, but we're so used to it. It's just like the people in Honduras. They're used. To, they, they've never had a time where it's not miserably, miserably hot and sweating. They're used to it. <laughs> but this American was dying there, man. I was can you not turn those air conditioners on? Um, yeah. We're used to it. But Jesus is not used to it. If you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you should be devoured with a sword. Devoured with a sword. Russians going to attack and defeat us in one day and one hour. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. How has the faithful city become a harlot? I'll tell you, one small step at a time. It was full of judgment. It was righteousness and lodged in it. But now murderers. I briefly watched the red state, blue state debate between Newsom and uh, disincommonious, I think is the way Trump says it, uh, on Hannity last night. I, it, it, I didn't watch long, 15, 20 minutes, as long as we could watch. But there's just, there's no unity. There's no righteousness in our nation. And just like Newsom, he thinks he's doing right, but he's so wrong. And then even the good side thinks they're doing right, but they're still so wrong. Faithful cities become a harlot. It's full of judgment, righteousness lodged in it, but now murderers. Our murder rate has gone through the roof. Now we have people going into stores, I, I just, they they interviewed this one person. Said, "Well, we have people in Macy's. We have people just walk in Macy's on a regular basis. Just walk in, get what they need. Like it's all free. And just walk out with it." One lady that worked at Macy's called the police, and they laid her off. Macy's laid her off because she called the police on a shoplifter. What? Verse twenty-one. How has the faithful seed become a harlot? One step at a time. That silver has become dross. That means filthy. That wine mixed with water, uh, well, they're, they're starting to water down all kinds of things. The, the food that you get in the store is not always as good as it really should be. The princes are rebellious. Companions of thieves. <laughs> I mean, I, in my opinion, yeah, I think even our own president, I'm talking about Biden, is a companion of thieves. He's rebellious. Uh, not doing, and, and it's all the people holding up his arms, too. And it's the Department of Justice. I mean, there's just filth every place. We cannot heal ourselves. So consequently, Jesus says, uh, I can. And I'll, I'll heal you by burning with the morning star. In a moment, the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. That prince is a rebellious companions of thieves. Everyone loves gifts. In other words, bribes or uh, blackmail. They love gifts and follow at the rewards. They judge not the fatherless. 
Neither death, when it's the judgment of the fatherless, they're not taking care of the father, fatherless. Neither death the cause of the widow come unto them. So we're a filthy nation. Therefore, saith the Lord of hosts, the mighty one of Israel, Ah, I will ease me of mine adversaries and avenge me of mine enemies. And I will turn my hand upon thee and purely purge away thy dross and take away all thy tin. Now, the tin is what in those days was used to cleanse things. <clears throat> and I will restore the judges as at the first and thy counselors as at the beginning. After thou shall be called the city of righteousness, the faithful city. Now, when does that happen? That happens when Jesus returns, blows his glory down, his morning star, and it goes to the center of the earth, sets the foundations of the mountains on fire, the hills of it like wax at the presence of the Lord, and he cleanses the earth in a moment. And he heals and removes all of the sin from it. But we're supposed to be able to clean ourselves, but America can't clean ourselves anymore. We have too much filth in our nation. When we can, when we have a man of filth in the White House, such as we have now, uh, we have a problem. Let's go on. 27. Zion shall be redeemed with judgment and her converts with righteousness. So as he cleansed Israel, he's going to cleanse the world. He's not going to cleanse America. There will be a time, there's a scripture that says, uh, yet a little while and her her uh, harvest shall come. We do have a harvest, but there's never a time that God will cleanse up America and restore it. America is, is gone. Okay, For they should be ashamed of the oaks which have desired. Let me back up. The destruction of the transgressors and of the sinners shall be together, and they shall forsake the Lord, shall be consumed. Consumed, that's what it's talking about. Because as I read uh, the other day, they fall as a standard bearer, standard bearer falleth. They fall to the ground as the morning star hits them, burning both body and soul, destroying both. 20, 29, for they shall be ashamed as of the oaks which you have desired, and you shall be confounded for the gardens that you have chosen. In other words, the things that you really like, the nice trees, the fruit trees, the fruitful gardens, all those are going to go. <coughs> Still fighting this strep throat, I guess I had. For you shall be as an oak whose leaf fades, and as a garden that has no water. To a large degree, that's where America is right now. Someone coming in as a guest into our nation, they would look and they would see the fantastic buildings. They say, oh, what a mighty nation. But then once you walk around the corner, especially like San Francisco, and you see the homeless, see how they're treating the homeless, what's causing the homeless is all the drugs pouring into our nation, and the people in high places are allowing it. So this is the people in high places that are making money off of creating people in low places. And the strong shall be as a toe, and the maker of it as a spark, and they shall birth, both burn together, and none shall quench them. So what he's saying is, when you reach that point, when you're that filthy, uh, I'll just destroy the whole nation. And that's just around the corner. The word that Isaiah the son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. And it shall come to pass in the last days. Now, now this is specifically talking here. Let, let me jump. I, I, I prepared to show you this here. All right, let's see. Let me jump to here. Okay. So the audible voice said, the seven seals play over seven years. And then they stop here on the Feast of Trumpets. 
seven seals play over seven years. The seven trumpets play over seven months. And the seven vials play over seven days. So this is the last seven days. This is the last seven months. This is the last seven years. Now, what we want to look at is uh, this. Let me back up and show you. Let's go to this chart. So for those of you who haven't seen this before, <clears throat> I wrote a book called Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. Matter of fact, for those of you who don't know about that, I should probably take a second and explain that to you. So in 2017, I memorized the book of Revelation, and it was not my intelligence. Jesus helped me to do it. And in the process, I didn't think anything special was going to happen, just a project, okay? But something special did start happening. I got 30 revelations, two visions, and an audible voice. And in the audible voice, God showed me a secret door. One word, first fruits, found in Leviticus 23.10 and Revelation 14.4. That word first fruits links the feasts here. It, least, <clears throat> it links the feasts of Leviticus to the prophecies in Revelation here, or like this. And essentially what it says is that Nick, the next time, right now, the time clock <clears throat> for the prophetic countdown has stopped. But that prophetic, you know what? I don't think I'm showing you this chart. I might not be. Yeah, I, yeah, I am, but let me switch it so it's bigger. Let's, no, no, no. Let's try this. Ah, better. And I think I can even make it better by going to this. Okay, so let me explain. So the next time Jesus returns is going to be on first fruits. He, remember when he, okay, so he was our Passover lamb. He died on the cross. Three days later, he rose. So they, they, a three, year, three days in the heart of the earth is the unleavened bread. Then when he came out of the grave, he came out on first fruits. There was some 500 other people that came out of the grave on the same day, and they were seen all over Jerusalem that day. At that point, the stopwatch stopped for the last days. I'm not sure that I'm showing you that, right? I'm, I'm trying to see. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. You should be seeing it. All right, let me show you this way. <clears throat> so then there's 2,000 years in here, and the next time Jesus appears is going to be on first fruits. This is when he comes down. Remember Jesus and, excuse me, in Acts 1 7, uh, the angel said, You mean I'm Galilee? Why stand you gazing up? The same, keyword, same Jesus shall come in, in like manner. Okay, so when he left, how did he leave? He left in a lamb's body. Now, there was not a glorified body, not an eternal body, a lamb's body. In the same body he, that was hung on the cross, had the same nail scars. Thomas just felt the nail scars. They just had fish with the disciples. And then Jesus, in a cloud, floated up out of their sight. He said, the same Jesus shall return in like manner. And when he returns, he returns on first fruits. When he does, Re uh, Leviticus, Revelation 14, 1 says, I looked and lo, a lamb stood upon the Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, having his father's name written in their foreheads. Okay, well, who are they? So you go over to Leviticus 23, and I'm not going into that tonight. 
then it tells you what the sacrifice is for first fruits. And that sacrifice is children. Well, let me back up. Have a he lamb of the first year. So they have to be within 12 months of, of birth of the first year without blemish. And that represents 144,000 one-year-old Jewish boys. And I, I've tried to explain this numerous times, and I don't think, see, the second vision told me that I need to write it in a book. And what the Lord said was, some things cannot be learned by audio or visual. Some of them have to be learned by reading it. And that's the reason. If you want to understand this, I've not found another way to get it across to people other than tell them you got to go get the book. Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy at prophecyclub.com. One for 20, but don't do that. You want to get like, I don't know, five for 40 or something like that. Anyway, it's, it's a shrink wrap set of five. And it has this chart in the back of it along with the other chart. And it totally explains it. Anyway, so the next time Jesus returns, the next time the stopwatch starts is when he resurrects 144,000. They walk around with Jesus, follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. These are they that are not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are they that are the first fruits of God uh, and to the Lamb. And that's where the word first fruits come from. And in the mouth is found no guile, for they are without fault before the throne of God. That's what it's talking about here. All right, then they walk around for 50 days. During this time, the angel with the everlasting gospel flies through the air saying, Fear God and give glory in Him, to the hour of His judgment has come. Worship Him made heavens and the earth and the seas and the fountains of water. This is the last chance for people to receive Jesus if they want to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Fifty days later, exactly fifty days later, now Jesus, the 144,000, which is the barley harvest, and the wheat harvest, we're the wheat harvest, then we go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Remember the scripture says, and I heard a voice out of the four horn, horns of the golden altar saying a measure of wheat for a penny and three measures of barley for a penny and see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. What it's saying is during this last three and a half years, about a third of the number of, of wheat will be saved. About three fourths of the people saved will be Jews. So it'll be a time Jerusalem will be trodden down to the Gentiles till the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. There's going to be a time when his attention turns from the Gentiles and he puts all of his attention towards getting his people, the Jews, saved. Now, let me go on. So, Jesus returns here, resurrects 144,000 one-year-old Jewish boys. It's all in the book. If you're not understanding it, you're not alone. Uh, you just got to get the book to understand it. Then, 50 days later, we, those that are ready, go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Jesus is crowned with many crowns. He's given a vesture dipped in blood and a white horse. He, uh, the bride, it's all about him. It's not about us. He's given, excuse me. Yeah, he's given a wedding garment, white horse. Jesus is then crowned king of kings and lord of lords. He changes from becoming the lamb of God to become the king of kings and lord of, or, or the lion of the tribe of Judah. He changes from become the prince of the kings of the earth to become the king of kings and lord of lords. About four months later, he is given a white horse. We are given a white horse. And we get to ride back with him. He's in the front. Then the two angels with the sharp sickles. Then the armies in heaven and us back behind. We do not fight in the war. We watch our hero. Our husband we just got married to. To destroy the earth. 
remove all of the sin out of it. He makes a new heaven and a new earth, uh, and there's no more sea. That happens here at the grape harvest. That happens on the seventh trumpet. Now, here's where I'm going. Then for 10 days from here to here, the earth shakes. That's where it is here. From 10 days. Every mountain falls, every valley fills in, the rough places are made straight, the cro crooked places. The rough places are made smooth, the crooked places are made straight. Then comes the great white throne. This is where those that never heard of Jesus, never had an opportunity to receive Jesus, all of those report here. No one alive reports here. This is only the dead. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books are open. Another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged that of those things written in the books according to the works. And the sea gave it the dead which in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. This is atonement. This is where the judgment seat of Christ, this is the great white throne, Jesus is the judge here. Jesus is the judge here. Separated by 10 days where the old heaven and the old earth are all destroyed. He makes here. Now, this is a new heaven and a new earth. And the judgment here lasts for five days. Five days of judgment. Five is the number of judgment. Then here is what this verse is talking about. And I bring all of this to get you to hear. This is where John says, I, John, saw the new heaven and new earth coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. He shall be with them. And they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more sorrow and trouble. Neither shall be any more pain for the former things are passed away. This is a new heaven. Now, that's what we're talking about. Now, let me stop sharing that. Let me jump back over and share back to where we were here. <clears throat> I wish there was a faster way to do this. Probably is. I just don't know how to do it. Okay, let's jump back to here. Okay, so now that's where we are here. And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house, because the earth turns into a nice round smooth ball, there's no more mountains, there's no more valleys. There's another scripture that says you'll be able to walk across a river with your the river with your sandals on and not get your feet wet. In other words, it's a nice, nice, round, smooth ball. There's not even jagged rocks sticking up. Everything is nice and smooth. And another place says, behold, I make all things new. So I assume all of the whatevers that went extinct, they're all replaced. However, that all works out. But he says, behold, I make all things new. It's a revelation, like the last few verses. Anyway, um, there's only one mountain on the earth, and it's a flat-top mountain. See if you can see me here. Okay, like hard to get this up here. I'm going to get that out of the way, by golly. I want to show you. Okay, so there's one mountain on the earth. And then that's John sees the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. Some people think it's in the shape of like a pyramid, and it may be. But King James specifically says the word um, four square. So you try to picture a square, and this is made of gold. And it's pretty close to solid gold because there's gates to the walls, but there's no windows or doors to the New Jerusalem. Why? Because we don't have a flesh and blood body anymore. We are in a light body. We fly at the speed of thought, not the speed of light. That's too slow. We speed at the, we move at the speed of, of, of thought. 
We go right through windows and doors, so we don't need windows and doors anymore. How all that works, the Bible doesn't exactly tell us. <clears throat> go back to sharing here. Okay. So in the last days of the mountain of the Lord's house established at the top of the mountains, and it should be exalted above the hills, and all the nations shall flow through it. Now that doesn't mean that everybody gets in, because there's another scripture that says, and the only ones that get in, basically it's saying is, if your name is in the book of life, there's 12 um, gates, and there's 12 angels at the gates, and they see, it, see to it, nothing that defileth makes it in. Only those, there's another scripture that says, and he that overcometh, well, I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more route. And write upon him the name of my God, my God, the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and write upon him my new name. So some people, the overcomers, which I believe, uh, Revelation teaches, I can't point to an exact scripture for it, but I believe it's you have to see the beast, hear the beast, and yet you do not retake the mark of the beast. And those people that are the righteous judges that have morning star are the ones that are beheaded for his name. So there's some big rewards in heaven. Okay, so anyway, so you have one mountain on the whole earth. On top of that mountain is the New Jerusalem. Remember Jesus said that we should be like a, 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 a light on a, on a, on a, on a mountain. On, on a, we should be like a, a bright city and not put it under a bushel. Well, that's what he's referring to. The New Jerusalem is... <clears throat> One mountain, and it's up on top of the mountain, and at the top of that, New Jerusalem, which, by the way, is about 250 miles square. At the top of that is New Jerusalem. top of that is Jesus, and he is literally the light of the world. When Jesus returns, the, uh, the sun has already been out for three days. That's the reason. Um, and, uh, as I say, balls of, of hail fall out of the heaven. Every, every stone about the weight of a talent. That's about 75 pounds. So try to imagine hailstones about the size of a beach ball hitting the earth all over the earth. And uh, so by the time all those judgments get poured out, there's not much flesh and blood alive. And that's the reason it says, and he that endureth to the end shall be saved. He's not talking about get your name in the book of life. He's saying that you're allowed to live up to a thousand years. But if you sin one time, Jesus rules with a rod of iron. Sin one time, a morning star judge shows up hit you with a morning star, you fall to the ground, pile of ashes and bones, destroying both body and soul, and that's not us because we can't sin. That, those are the people that they're the corners not harvested. They didn't take the mark, but they didn't receive Jesus either. Okay, so let's go on, verse 3. Now, this is talking about the new Jerusalem. This is talking about after Jesus returned. This is by this time after the, the Bema seat. This is after the great white throne. This is after everybody, 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 everybody has been judged. Anybody that's alive at that time, uh, there's only two groups of people alive at that time on the face of the earth. That would be those people whose names are in the book of life and those people that are the nations whose names are not in the book of life. They're not going to get it in the book of life. They didn't receive Jesus. Anyway, verse 3. And many people should go and say, Come, let's go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us his ways. And we walk in his paths. <coughs> Excuse me. 
For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. There's a, let me see where I am here. Okay, we're in 2, 2. Now, I think, as I recall, this is Jeremiah. Ah, I, I keep doing that wrong. I got to jump over here. Okay. I think it is Jeremiah 33, 33. Is it not let me do that? Okay, let me try it a different way here. Empty. Uh, here it is. Okay. Jeremiah 31, 34. They shall, they shall teach no more every man his neighbor, and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord. For they shall all know me, even from the least of them to the greatest of them, saith the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. That's at a time in the millennium. <clears throat> okay, back to here. <clears throat> and many people should go and say, Come, let us go to the house of the Lord, to the house of God of Jacob, and he will teach us his ways. And we walk, that's not us, by the way. That's most of those are the nations. For out of Zion shall go forth the law. We don't need the law. We're eternal. We can't sin, okay? This is talking to the nations. And the word of the Lord from Jerusalem, he shall judge among the nations. That's not us. And shall rebuke many people. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into printing, printing hooks. Nathan shall not lift up nation. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Again, that's not us. We're eternal. We're in a light body. We can't sin. We're above the angels at that point. These are the nations, the ones that didn't receive Jesus, but they didn't take the mark of the beast either. <clears throat> now, verse 6. Therefore, thou hast forsaken thy people, the house of Jacob, because they replenished from the east, and are soothsayers like the Philistines, and they please themselves and the children of strangers. Please themselves and the children of strangers. What do you think that means? Uh, I think that means they're pedophiles. Terrible things they do to children. The land also is full of silver and gold. Neither is there any end of their treasures. In other words, they're covetous. Covetous means though you got millions, there's one thing that you want more of, and that's more millions. Neither is there any end of their treasures. The land is also full of horses. Neither is there any end of their chariots. Lots of blessings. Sounds like America, doesn't it? The land also is full of idols. They worship the work of their own hands, that which are their own fingers have made. And the mean man bowed down, and the great man humbled himself. Therefore, forgive them not. Enter into the rock, and hide the end of the dust, for the fear of the Lord and for the glory of his majesty. He's saying, repent, turn to Jesus. The lofty looks of man should be humbled, and the haughtiness of man should be bowed low, bowed down. And the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day. In that day, when after Jesus' return, <clears throat> nobody is exalted but Jesus. Him and him alone. He is the only one. And that's the reason most of the time when people get an angel visit, the angel refuses to even give them their name. I know Michael 
identifies himself and Gabriel, not another one comes to mind. Matter of fact, in the book of Revelation, John specifically says, uh, basically, who are you? And he says, um, I'm, I'm the fellow servant and thy brethren that keep the commandments of God and worship Jesus. Worship God. <laughs> for, for Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And he basically said, do not worship me. You only worship Jesus. Okay, so let's go on. <clears throat> for the day of the Lord, verse 12, for the day of the Lord of hosts shall be upon everyone that is proud and lofty, and upon everyone that is lifted up, and he shall be brought low, and upon all the cedars of Lebanon that are high and lifted up, and upon all the oaks of Bashan, upon all the high mountains and upon all the hills that are lifted up, and upon every high, ta high, high tower and upon every fenced wall, and upon the ships of Tarshish and upon the pleasant pictures, upon the loftiness of men shall be bowed low and the haughtiness of men shall be made low. And the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day. I'll read that again. And the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day. And the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day. And the idols he shall utterly abolish. And they shall go into the holes and the rocks and the caves of the earth for the fear of the Lord and for the glory of his majesty. Now, when does that take place? All right, let's go to, let me jump here. Okay, so we're in 219. Let's go to, I keep doing that. <laughs> Got to push the right button here. <clears throat> okay, that would be Revelation about 6.12, right? Yeah. Uh, and the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and Biden. No, I mean, I mean, and... <laughs> And every free man hid themselves in the dens and the rocks and the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks that fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth upon the throne from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come and who shall be able to stand? That's what it's talking about. Ah, I did it again. Okay. So now I need to go to Isaiah 2.19 back there. Okay. And let's jump down one more verse. There we go. In that day, a man shall cast his idols of silver and his idols of gold, which they had made each one for himself to worship, to the moles and to the bats. Now you may be saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I thought that all of the tares were all burned up. They are. These are the nations. They haven't received Jesus, but they didn't take the mark either. And they are the ones that are, they remember in Ezekiel 38, where it says that they take no wood out of the, the, uh, the 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 out of the forest for seven years, but they set on fire and burned the weapons. Well, who's doing that? It's not us. <laughs> we have a mansion, okay? We're in a light body. We never sin again. We never hunger again. Never thirst again. It's not us. It's the nations. All right, let's go on. To go to the clefts of the rocks and to the tops of the ragged rocks for the fear of the Lord and for the glory of his majesty. So now he's returned in full glory. He just come from the marriage supper of the Lamb. When he arises to shake terribly the earth, that's the 10 days I showed you between a Feast of Trumpets and Atonement. Cease ye from man whose breath is in his nostrils, for wherein is he to be accounted of? Now let's go to chapter 3. For behold, the Lord, the, ho the Lord of hosts doth take away from Jerusalem and from Judah the stay and the staff, the whole stay of bread 
and the whole stay of water. So he's removed their food. The mighty man and the man of water, <laughs> again, the mighty man and the man of war, the judge, the prophet, the prudent and the ancient, the captain of 50, the honorable man and the counselor, and the cunning artificer and eloquent orator. What's he saying? He's saying, because of the sin of Israel, and it's also true in America, I take away their leaders. I take away the people. Like, for example, you know, it used to be we had great, mighty, and powerful preachers on the TV. Uh, these days, preachers just argue and fuss each other, uh, and it's all over because the, the division of the rapture issue, uh, which I think is straight from the pit of hell. But go back and, and look at it. He's, he's saying, I have taken away your leaders. The Lord of hosts doth take away from Jerusalem and from Judah the stay and the staff. Staff means the leaders, the people that keep things in order. He takes them away. The whole stay of bread, the whole stay of water, so he takes away their food. The mighty man, that would be the military man. And the honorable man, that would probably be like your judges. Counselors, that's probably your attorneys. In America, I just had a good friend of mine say, there's two of the most corrupt organizations in the world are attorneys and bankers. Sad. I'm going to take away the man of war, the judge. It'll be back up. Yeah, the mighty man, the man of war, the judge, the prophet, the prudent. In other words, the wise ones like uh, teachers, professors, and the ancient. He takes the good ones away. The captain of 50, that's specifically talking about military. It's also talking about large, large organizations. The captain of 50, the honorable man, the counselor, the cunning artificer, those people who know how to build things, and the eloquent orator. I remember when I was in Honduras, <clears throat> not a blessed nation, and very, very, very few Christians. I, I began, I, I look, I, I could show you some pictures. The way they string their telephone wires and their electrical wires looks more. No, a spider makes his web with organization. They hang the wires up. It's, 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 it's more like a rat's nest. Their buildings, their walls are not straight. This wall over here is, is not perpendicular to that wall. Their walls are not straight. Their roofs leak. Uh, many, most of the toilets, uh, get this, don't have running water. I cannot tell you how many toilets I went into. And there's no running water. What do you do? Okay. Uh, not to mention there's no toilet paper. Um, he takes away what makes a nation organized. See, America does not know just how blessed we are. But brothers and sisters, I assure you, we are really, really, really blessed. I'm finding my place. And the people shall be oppressed, everyone by another and everyone by his neighbor. The child should behave himself proudly against the ancient. In other words, the old ones. They don't respect their old ones. In America, you know, it used to be the children respected your elders. And I remember when I was a child, us children were told, respect your elders or your elders, respect your elders. You don't hear that anymore. Children just, I mean, they, they, well, We've seen them on the streets. We've seen videotape 
of them beating little old ladies, stealing their purses. That's in America. That if we were a righteous nation, that would not be happening. The people should be oppressed. We are. Everyone by another and everyone by his neighbor. The child shall behave himself proudly against the ancient or the old ones and the base against the honorable. We don't respect our judges. We don't respect our teachers. We don't respect our parents, okay, young ones, all kinds of problems. When a man shall take hold of his brother of the house of his father, saying, Thou hast clothing, be thou our ruler, and let this ruin be under thy hand. In other words, people that are not capable of leading are the leaders. People that are not capable of building buildings. I saw buildings that, I mean, I'm not a builder, but I can lay a brick on top of another one straight. Okay, I can do that. I don't know all the intricacies of how to do that, but I saw buildings. I sat in one church and I thought to myself, you know, I can do a better job. <laughs> I can do a better job of laying bricks than this. It's just awful. They're they're building and they're they're proud just to have one brick on top of another brick there. But this is what happens when a nation doesn't have Jesus as their God. You you can't appreciate it till you've actually seen it. In that day shall he swear, saying, I will not be a healer, for in my house is neither bread nor clothing. Make me not a ruler of the people. In other words, the people that have the leadership abilities won't step forward and do it. Like in America, for, for example, we have a lot of Christians that really should be running for office, whether it's local, state, federal, they, but they won't. They won't step up. Instead, it's the, I don't know how to say it, the not as capable ones that step up and become our rulers and our leaders, and we're letting people teach our children that, are not qualified to teach our children. All kind, in other words, our whole society is just falling apart. That's what it's saying. For Jerusalem is ruined. Judah is fallen. That means fallen away from Jesus, or in this case, God. Judah is fallen because of their tongue and their doings are against the Lord to, to provoke the eyes of his glory. <laughs> that's not very good. That, that's to bring the morning star to burn them up. The show of their countenance doth witness against them. And they declare their sin as Sodom. They hide it not. In America, we don't hide the sin anymore. Even in our commercials on TV, how much skin do we see in the commercials? Uh, you go to a movie, they're not. <laughs> Filth, cussing, uh, even in, in just walking around. I was playing racquetball, and the guy that is probably the head of all of the people playing racquetball does all the organization of the leagues and stuff like that. Walk up and just filthy, just uh, F-bombs, S-bombs, and just, he knows I'm a pastor. And I thought, you know, just about one more time, and I'm going to say something. I don't have to put up with that. And sometimes <clears throat> I've thought to say this. I almost turned and said to him, I almost turned and said, Mike, do you want me to start preaching Jesus to you? If you don't, then you need to clean up your language around me. And there's been a few times where I, I flat stopped the racquetball game, and I said, you know I'm a pastor, and you know that offends me. Don't do that. Don't talk like that. 
I'm not going to put up with it. And you can see the guys just melt. They just wilt. Because it's righteousness. And they know it's right. I think it's on nine. The show of their countenance doth witness against them. In other words, you can see they're filthy. The show of their countenance. The countenance is their, their attitude, their face. You, you can see someone that is evil. You, if you feel it, you can see it in them. The way they dress, the way they walk, you can tell they're evil. The show of their countenance does witness against them. And they declare their sin as Sodom, and they hide it not. Woe unto their soul, for they have rewarded evil unto themselves. Sounds like America, doesn't it? This is actually talking about Israel. Say ye to the righteous, that it shall be well with him, for they shall eat the fruit of their doings. As you sow, so also shall you reap. We have probably got three new credit cards in the mail from our bank over the last four to six weeks. And Leslie keeps saying to me, I keep getting these texts saying, did you charge to Macy's? No. Did you buy some fancy dress out of Victoria's Secret or something like that? No, we didn't. We have to go to the bank, to, to our, 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 our bank and, you know, online. And here's this long string of things that's been charged to our cart. When, you know, we haven't been to California. We haven't been to Oklahoma. <laughs> all these charges and others. And, of course, they wipe them all off. And matter of fact, we tell you another little story. As you folks know, about six months ago, we were doing a Bible studies on a Friday night, and I got hit with hail. Well, I had to have a new roof. And the check that came from the insurance company was made out to Stan and Leslie, but it was also made out to the mortgage holder. Well, we didn't really notice that, so we deposited it. Well, the first one went through no problem. But the next one was returned from the bank. So... <laughs> It's $13,000 check. The guy that did our roof is wanting his $13,000. We got to clear the check to give him his money. So we went to the bank. And Well, we have had to change our policy because there's so many people that are writing checks. So many, there's so much theft. There's so much evil out there. And, and the lady actually said it that way. She says, we've had to change our policy. If the check is not pay, made payable exactly letter for letter perfect, we do not clear it anymore. So it cleared. The first one was like for $4,000. <clears> but the $13,000 check, they wouldn't clear. So we had, long story short, it took us four checks. Matter of fact, we deposited. We hope it went through now. Had to get it endorsed from the, uh, the mortgage holder. All of this because there's so much evil. You know, you've had them, uh, things charged to your card. You didn't charge. You've had things stolen from your account, checks. I mean, we had somebody that, when our uh, visiting our church, actually stole one of our checks out of Leslie's purse, and they caught him. But nevertheless, there's just evil every place in our nation. We're a nation of sinners. We're a nation of evil. Okay, let's see where I was here. <clears throat> I need to make note of this. I think it's for 12. For my people, children are their oppressors, and women rule over them. What it's saying is the leadership of a nation that turns away 
is not giving good leaders. And like right now, we have a lot of bad leadership, both city, county, state, local, federal. I mean, a lot of them that where they just what impeached a guy from the Republican from the House of Representatives just yesterday. They sent him packing because he had been stealing money out of his own campaign, allegedly. Um, as for my people, children are their oppressors. Children are their oppressors. Think about that. And women rule over them. Now, it's supposed to be that we get the best leadership possible. And sometimes that is a woman. But what it's saying is, we should have a good society that works right, has the best people in leadership positions. Oh, my people, they which lead thee cause thee to err. Oh, my people, they which lead thee, you know, your leaders are causing you to go astray. Just like Biden right now, we can't seem to close our southern border. So he's destroying our nation. Our leaders lead us away, cause us to err, and destroy the way of thy paths. By, that's exactly right there. Isaiah 3.12 is describing America perfectly. I'll read it again. As for my people, children are their oppressors. Women rule over them. That's what it's it's saying. Is it saying not the best rulers are ruling over them? I'm not attacking the women. Oh, my people, they which lead thee, cause thee to error, and destroy the way, destroy your nation. It's happening in America right now. We are seeing... These days, your children can go have a sex change, not cost anything. And the teachers at school will not tell the parents that the child is getting a sex change. What? The Lord standeth up to plead and standeth to judge the people. The Lord will enter into judgment with the ancients of his people. And the princes thereof, for you have eaten up the vineyard. The spoil of the poor is in your houses. Look at the homeless. I mean, some Rodeo Drive, which used to be some of the most expensive places to buy the nicest purses, the nicest shoes, the nicest dresses, the nicest, nicest, nicest. Rodeo Drive right now, I understand, is filled with homeless people. Some of the, like Gucci and the big, the big names. They've closed up. They're moving out. So here we have a case where homeless people that are living off of drugs and off, off of what people give them are destroying our cities, destroying the very, very best of our nation. The Lord will enter into judgment with the ancients of his people and the princes thereof, for they have eaten up the vineyards, spoiled of the pores in their houses. And what mean ye that ye beat my people to pieces and grind the faces to the poor? saith the Lord of hosts. Moreover, the Lord saith, because the daughters of Zion are haughty and walk with stretched forth necks and wanton eyes, walking and menacing as they go and making a tinkling with their feet. Now, the first part of that made me think of a prostitute walking down the street, but that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about people in high places that call attention to themselves to show that they are better than the rest of the people tinkling with their feet. In other words, they put little bells on their feet so people will notice them. Moreover, the Lord saith, because the daughters of Zion are haughty and watch the straight forth and their arrogance, 
Therefore, the Lord will smite with a scab the crown of the head of the daughters of Zion, and the Lord will discover their secret parts. Now, when he discovers the secret parts, that generally means that you have things like hemorrhoids. Uh, the ladies have issues of blood coming out they can't stop. The, uh, how do I say, the gonads on men don't work. They have ED. Okay, we have a lot of problems there, guys. In the day, the Lord will take away the bravery of their tinkling ornaments about their feet and their calls. Okay, now what's a call? I had to look this up here. Hang on. <clears throat> I forget what it was. Oh, oh a pocket. That's what it was. It was their pocket. Okay, so he takes away the ornaments of their feet and their pockets and their round tires like the moon. Well, I, I guess I'm going to have to look this up anyway here. Hang on. Round tires. They had round tires back then. <laughs> okay, let's see. Calls and netting of the hair. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, a round pendant around the neck. Tires like the moon, a round pendant for the neck. The chains, the bracelets, and the mufflers. I had to look up what a muffler is. It's not, not what we, it's a muffler is like when they walk in their clothing, kind of um, kind of like a cape, uh, like dwindles behind them as they walk in the wind. That's a muffler. So what it's saying is, in that day, the Lord will take away the bravery of their tinkling ornaments and their feet, all of the, their things that try to make them feel like they're important and better than the people, their head, their hair fixings, their round tires like the moon, their chains, bracelets. These are all of the decorations that men and women put on. The bonnets, ornaments of the legs and the headbands and the tablets and the earrings, the rings and the nose jewels, the changeable suits of apparel and the mantles and the wimples and the crisping pins. I don't know what a crisping pin was either. And as I recall, let me look it up here. But as I recall, the crisp, crisping pin, that one was the pocket crisping pen. Oh, yeah, it's a cutout or a pocket. <laughs> we have pockets in our trousers, you know. We, we have crisping pens. I thought that was interesting. Uh, the glasses, the fine linen, the hoods, and the veils, and it shall come to pass. Then instead of sweet smell, there shall be stink. And instead of a griddle, a rent, or in other words, or a break or a rip. And instead of a well set here, baldness. Boy, do we see that today? A lot of bald heads out there, and I'm not talking about just men, okay? And instead of a stomacher, a girdle, now that's a, a belt. Instead of a nice belt, it just has a rope. That's what it's saying. A girdling of sackcloth. In other words, the entire society and its skill level, how they build houses, how they dress themselves, how they fix their hair, everything is just falling apart. They have children lead them. They have poor leadership, poor, poor organization. The whole society is falling apart. Kind of like in America today. Thy men shall fall by the sword and thy mighty men in war and thy mighty in the war and her gates shall lament and mourn and she should be, and she being desolate shall sit upon the ground. So it's saying that God basically destroys the nation. destroys the nation because they turn away from him, start sinning and doing wickedly. Uh, oh, by the way, I looked up. Okay, so I see that right now, at least on Facebook and on YouTube, I believe it reports, 
We've got a little over 100 people on. Good for you. I checked. Last time we did a Bible study, Brighton had 26 views. Uh, YouTube only had 321. It's normally a lot more than that. I don't know what happened there. Maybe we... Anyway, Facebook had 1.8 or about 1,800. Uh, Rumble only had 11, and BitChute had 138. But that's about 2,000 people in our Bible study. So I think that's pretty good. When you get 2,000 people in a Bible study, that's good. That's good for a fallen nation. But for a nation that needs to repent and get back to God, we need a whole lot more than that. So <coughs> perhaps you can perhaps you can forward this out to other people and help them get. And also, we are asking people to join Prophecy Club. $9.90 actually become a member of the Prophecy Club. And you can uh, do that by going to prophecyclub.com. I don't think that we have a uh, QR code right now on the screen to look at, but you can go to prophecyclub.com and uh, sign up real easy. $9.90 a month on an automatic payment would really help us to take out some of the low spots when it comes to our financing and everything. Okay, so... Let me check, check over here and see if I have a question. We need to learn more how to cleanse ourselves from all iniquities. I, that's a question, I guess. Well, we don't use the blood of rams and goats and bullocks and things like that to wash our sins away. Instead, what I do every day is ask Jesus to forgive my sins. Dear Heavenly Father, I ask that you forgive our sins, sins of our family, sins on Prophecy Club, the Church, Prophetic Well, Joseph Kitchener Ministries, and supporters. We put on our full armor of God, the helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, loins of the truth, and feet of the gospel. We pick up the shield of faith and sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We ask you to place your ministry in protecting and guarding angels all around us, our family, our finances, and possessions, so that no harm or evil befall us. We plead the blood of Jesus over our body, soul, spirit, mind, subconscious, subliminal areas, and all communications coming to, from, around, and concerning us. We ask you to lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, doing evil. Keep your hand upon us, enlarge our coast of ministries, and bless us indeed. And that's only the beginning. Because, I mean, I pray that prayer every day and most every evening. And that's before I go into praying, which, by the way, if you want to pray for Prophecy Club, and I would highly recommend that, then just go to prophecyclub.com, slide to the bottom. Well, here, I think I can do that, right? Just a second, I will show you right there. <coughs> All right, let's see if I can do this. Uh-oh. Did I just turn this off? I may have turned this off. No, I didn't. Okay. All right. Good. Good. So now I go to here and I go to share screen and then I go to entire screen. Yeah. I hope I'm doing this right. I'm not. So I'm not going to do it. Anyway, just let me tell you. That way I don't mess something up here. Anyway, just go to prophecyclub.com, slide to the bottom, and you can sign up for Fast Track. And that's where we fast every Tuesday evening from midnight to Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. 
Each evening, I send you an email directly from me to you, complete with all of my misspellings and stuff like that. And they say, okay, this is what we're asking you to pray for, for Prophecy Club. And you can quit anytime you want to. My guarantees is we never send you product offers. We never ask for donations. This is only for people that want to fast and pray for Prophecy Club. Also, while you're at the bottom of the first page of the Prophecy Club, you can also sign up for Fast Gap. Now, Prophecy Club has about 1,550 people that just uh, had our 1,000th week of fasting and praying. Fast Gap, I think, is up to about 75 weeks, and we've got about 850 people in Fast Gap. This is people that went to fast from Tuesday evening, midnight, to Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m., and they want to pray for America. And I send them a list of specifically things that we're praying for. That way we're all praying for the same things, the same prayer, the same day, the same fast. And I believe it rattles into heaven. I know this, that it's become very, very important to the Lord, what I say in both of those. And there have been times when I was typing up, saying that, and all of a sudden I start getting yawns. And that's basically saying, <coughs> that's basically saying, no, Stan, that's not what I want you to put out. Oh, okay, I see. He, okay, here we go. He's, he's My son here has got, uh, got some information for you, how you can slide to the bottom and sign up. Also, while you're at prophecyclub.com, you can get my book, Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. Also, uh, I have another one, Daniel, uh, for, um, my goodness, has it been that long? Most part of parts of that, and also how pre-trib one. Uh, that's also a very powerful one. And then miss the mark. That's how to miss the mark of the beast. And miss the mark, by the way, is is the number one seller of all of the of the books. Probably we've sold more miss the mark than we have all the other three combined. And it's a simple read. It's takes you probably three hours to read it, and you can hand this to someone even if they're not a Christian, especially if they're not a Christian, even if they worship other gods, if they'll just read the first few pages, and they probably will, they will probably finish the book. If they finish the book, they will never take the mark of the beast. They will understand you take that mark of the beast, you do not get soul death. You are tossed into the lake that burns the fire and brimstone <coughs> with the beast, the false prophet. Then a thousand years later, Lucifer is added into it, and it is total pain, total torment for all eternity with no hope of escape. So it's it's real important. All of those at prophecyclub.com. And I think we've we've about wrapped it up. So I look out here. Thank you. Thank you, all of you. I mean, I look forward to the time when we can meet each other. We're in heaven. We can all get together and rejoice and Serve the Lord. I want to see the new Jerusalem. Matter of fact, here's some of the things I want. I want to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. I want to see Jesus crowned King of kings and Lord of lords. I want to see him change from the Lamb of God to the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Change from becoming the Prince of the Kings of the Earth to become the King of kings and Lord of lords. I want to see him pull on his wedding garment that he dipped in his own blood some 2,000 years ago, and on the vesture and on his thighs a name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Then he comes forth for about four months, and he serves us at the marriage supper of the Lamb. 
Yeah, I think that's going to be just awesome. That's the, that's the reason they say salvation to our God who sat upon the throne and to the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is coming. Who should be able to stand? Four months later, he's given a white horse along with the two angels with the sickles. The armies in heaven and us are in tow. We do not have, at the marriage supper of the Lamb, we do not get our mantles, our crowns, or rewards, or nothing. All we get is a wedding garment, period. That's it. Then when he blows the morning star down, it hits the entire universe. The stars, the sun, the moon, the stars all dissolve. They're all gone. There is no more stars. Found a verse on that. <clears throat> it cleanses the universe. Then after all the burning, when we get our mantles, our crowns, our rewards, our glorified body, out of rebellion flows rivers of living water. We see all of the sinners all burned up, fall to the ground of piles of ashes and bones. After that, then 10 days of the earth shaking. That's when he sends the angels out to the four, the four, four winds of heaven to gather his elect unto the new Jerusalem. 10 days later, that is coming down. And there's, uh, at the, excuse me, the, the new Jerusalem comes down on the Feast of Tabernacles. Feast of Atonement is judgment of the dead, not in Christ. And then five days later is the Feast of Tabernacles. That's when the New Jerusalem comes down. And then at that point, we get to see Jesus. We get to go up into the New Jerusalem. We get to see that mountain of God. We get to walk on the streets of gold. We get to see the gates made of one pearl. And we are greater than the angels. So, I mean, I we have a lot to look forward to. I look forward to the time when you and I can see each other and spend eternity together. And when we can say, hey, man, remember the time we were meeting at the Bible study? Yeah. Yeah, I remember. So let me pray for you. Lord, I ask a blessing on these people, especially ones that stayed all the way to the end, but any of the people that were in the Bible study. And I ask you to show them deep and secret things, help you to under, help them to understand and help them to be used in the days ahead we Raise our hands saying, here, my Lord, send me. Send me in to bring in the sheaves. <clears throat> send me out into the vineyard to bring in the people that are out in the vineyard that do not know you. Give us souls and give us a lot of them, Lord, that you would provide, protect, and guide us and direct us. But our objective is not necessarily to the end, to live to the end. Our objective is to live and to serve you. And I ask a blessing on the people that have been this Bible study. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so I don't know if we have Bible study next week or not. I know that we have a men's meeting coming up from the church anyway. I don't know. My wife keeps the, the calendar. So anyway, God bless you. Thank you for being on, and we'll see you the next time we see you.